Hello, and welcome to the Euro What, episode number 130 for the week of September 13th, 2021. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be continuing our wait for the announcement of the Eurovision host city. I am still seeing gray smoke from RAI headquarters, so we do not know who the new Pope is. I I assume we will get an answer sometime before May, but we know that Italy likes to take its time with the Eurovision things. (laughs) Yes, I'm just assuming that given that our show typically records 15 minutes before news comes out, that in our own way, we are helping. Because I have looked at the Twitter comment sections for the Eurovision account, and everybody's getting very good mileage out of the gif of Judge Judy banging on the desk and tapping at her wrist. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it is just full of that. And like we were not happy about the pizza gift. I loved the pizza gift, personally. As someone who has been in Italy and been given a pizza that had fries on it and gone, am I being razzed? Yeah. <laughs> is, is this a joke? It's been like a nice lull here at, at Eurowood HQ. We've had time to, to spruce up the place. First of all, we have our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash Eurowood. The main thing that we've done, thanks to our Patreon supporters, is get a new website. If you head over to Eurowood.com, you're going to see something that is so much cleaner than the old website it's was. It's so much cleaner. And, it's shiny and new. It's very yeah. exciting. It's a lot nicer to navigate. We also changed our hosting provider for the podcast. So if you had some weirdness with your subscription in the last couple of weeks, we apologize. We thought this was going to be a little bit smoother than it ended up being. Sorry, that was that was us. It's a little weird saying this because if you're listening to this now, presumably you've already hit subscribe. To fix this, but yes, go to your podcast player of choice. You will probably just need to resubscribe and we'll be back in your feed. The annoying thing is it broke our Spotify link and Spotify is just like, oh, you don't have a show anymore. It's like, uh, disagree. That has been fixed, but we've lost all of the subscribers to that. So if you were listening to us through Spotify, you'll just need to resubscribe again. I promise we won't be making any more tweaks that are going to break anything. Thank you for your patience on this. But if you follow us on Twitter at Eurowhat, that's where we make all of our announcements and also post when new episodes go up. So uh, hopefully you haven't missed too many episodes it should only be one or two that are in the backlog if you haven't noticed it in your podcast player in in recent weeks thank you to our patreon subscribers for making that possible if you are interested we have lovely bonuses for our patreon subscribers most recently if you enjoyed the board game episode and due to podcast analytics i can tell that yes many of you did you can watch a full video of that play session so things like that announcements of what's on our radar and what's coming up for the show check it out i guess we should get caught up on some of the news. The big announcement that came out uh, during the week that we thought we were getting the host announcement is ABBA's doing a thing. Yeah, watch out, Melifest. They did announce this after the, the suggestion period, so you never know. But yeah, ABBA is back after like almost 40 years. So that's exciting. There was a big press release and a live online streaming thing where they had not really like a listening party globally, but like they were set up in multiple locations going from Sweden to London to New York uh, to announce that we have a new album coming this November. And it's also going to be a live concert event starting in May 2022 featuring avatars and live musicians. Yeah. What did you think of the avatars? I am so glad that we worked on the avatar project now and not during the Polar Express years. Yes. Oh, just man. The 3D technology <laughs> has gotten better, but overall, I just find musician hologram things which we keep trying despite every time that they come out uh, everybody going this is weird 
One of my favorite TV moments ever was, I think, like the season five finale for American Idol. And there was a duet performance with Celine Dion and Elvis Presley, with Elvis as a hologram, obviously. And there were all of these like little kids in the audience who were absolutely confused as to what it was they were supposed to be seeing. <laughs> and... Yeah, it, it was just like, why are we moving in this direction? There's still that kind of uncanny valley thing that's yeah, happening. Yeah, there, there's that, definitely like an yeah. uncanny valley thing I need to get over. On the other hand, I understand the appeal of wanting to see like peak ABBA. Mm-hmm. It's cool that they are embracing this sort of technology. Just, I don't know. <laughs> Since it seemed like that they weren't game for reuniting for so long, the fact that they're game to try it this way is intriguing. Yeah, and like, I'm very excited about the album just because it's a new ABBA album and they like the level of cultural awareness feels like the wrong word here but just the way ABBA has been on people's minds consistently really in the last 30 to 40 years is great and like looking at the track listing of the new album there are some very ABBA songs they, they debuted the song during the the live stream and I had it on the background and like halfway through I'm like wait a minute this is a new ABBA song this isn't just like an album cut yes <laughs> I'm also intrigued by the timing of when the concert event starts, because it's supposed to be in late May that the show opens. I have to imagine that there's going to be some sort of Eurovision connection that's going to happen sometime in the next year. Oh, I had not even thought about that. There's absolutely going to be some sort of cross promo. The big news in the United States right now is that we keep seeing Arcade and Monoskin climb the charts. So Arcade has reached number 30 on the Billboard Hot 100. Began is at number 29. But we've just had some big releases from like Kanye and Drake and others. And those are likely going to keep those in the holding pattern in the next few weeks, I would imagine. But we'll see. Both Duncan Lawrence and Monoskin re reached those peaks. I think it was in last week's chart. And then Kanye's album came out and there were so many tracks on there that were just at the top of the chart. So that's pushed them down. But there's a lot of music that's going to be coming out now. So it's something to keep an eye on. Another one to keep an eye on is the American Top 40 chart, which is more based on like radio airplay stats than sales and streams. Checking that chart, Arcade's number seven? So that means that it's getting significant radio airplay. Earlier in the summer, when I was in South Carolina, driving back towards the airport midway through, oh, this is Arcade. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, my husband stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts uh, a couple of weeks ago and was like, hey, Dunkin's on Dunkin' Radio. Yes. Like, oh, good for him. In terms of actual Eurovision organization stuff, we're recording this on Sunday and there are 29 countries that have indicated that they plan on participating in next year's contest. Uh, the EBU also announced that they're going to be capping the number of participants at 44, which... That sounds about right. Most that's ever competed was 43. I don't really see a situation where there'd be more than that, just given who hasn't been participating the last few years. Bless the people who are continuing to call Monaco and be like, hello, Eurovision? Yes? Because they did call them again and Monaco has said no. Yeah. Luxembourg also no. Slovakia and Andorra. No. Belarus. That was a whole thing that we can come back to later. Uh, the EBU said no to that one. Yeah, not entirely sure when the deadline is for indicating interest. It's usually 
toward the end of September, beginning of October, and then all the participating broadcasters will have a grace period to make their final decision, put down their security deposit to claim their spot. We have more than enough countries that there are going to be semifinals, so that's a good thing to know. Good to know. (laughs) Speaking of semifinals, everybody is ramping up with their semifinal plans. I was a little shocked to see that Eastie Lal is planning on expanding their process for next year, or for this year, depending on how you're counting it. (laughs) It, it looks like they're moving towards the Pabandam is Nao format, where they're going to have four quarterfinals of 10 songs each, and then go into semifinals in February based on those performances. But the quarterfinals will be happening in November and December. So soonish? Yeah. It seems like Estonia is just trying to change things up a bit since they've been having kind of a mixed record the last few years at Eurovision. Mm-hmm. But. It just seems so early. November just feels wrong somehow. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess since it's just the quarterfinals, that's fine. Because they usually drop their 24 songs that compete like in December. So Fair. Like, yeah, like they do usually just drop 24 songs on us then anyways. So yeah. might as well give that a televised performance if you want to. I have a feeling this is an indication that we are going to have a lot of selection series this year and i think part of it might be just the whole like cloning of the previous year's winner where it's like oh that was san ramo so we need to have our own very thorough process to pick our entries which isn't the worst idea but i think it may also be a byproduct of programming in the age of covid yeah is that it's very easy to sort of spin up and in terms of production costs a selection in terms of providing new content Yeah, because there's just not a lot of new content out there, and there's not even stuff to buy from other countries because everybody has an absence of content. (laughs) So it's probably going to be tough for those of us trying to watch every single thing. We may have to start making some difficult choices uh, as February rolls around. Like, the February calendar is already filling up, and I'm just like, oh, okay. I have been quietly wondering, are we going to see a lot of early stuff because there's also going to be Olympics programming? And from what I can tell, no. We're going to be doing double time. Okay. All right. I'll start putting together charcuterie boards now. So (laughs) Just, just start laying in supplies. The one that doesn't seem to be changing its strategy all that much is Melfest. Uh, they announced their dates. It's the Saturdays in February going into the second Saturday of March, uh, as it usually is. So thank you for that consistency, Sweden. And uh, the plan is to go back to the tour format for 2022. So traveling to different cities for each of the heats and for Andreshansen and, of course, the final. So hopefully that comes to pass and one more sign that things may be getting back to some form of normal yeah yeah and then oscar zia was tapped to host which of the various guest hosts we had this year i Mm -hmm. thought he did a great job so that should be interesting to see and then speaking of early selection processes we might know who the artist in belgium is before we know where they will be performing uh on the 15th we will know who is performing for belgium like they also like to get in on it early. Hoover Phonic was one of the first ones announced for the 2020 contest. Yeah, I, I had forgotten that they just tend to announce early because they do internal selection. They trade between VRT, who selected Hoover Phonic the last couple of years, and then RTBF, which is the French radio broadcaster. Mm. So they are in charge this year. They have the reins and they will be announcing during the, uh, oh man, I don't know this. I don't know the French numbers for eight and nine. So that's. Wheat and neuf. Wheat. Yeah. They'll, they'll be <laughs> announcing. <laughs> 
<laughs> announcing it on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> and again, the artist announcement may be before we know where they're performing. So that'll be fun. We should talk about the city selection process because uh, we haven't really had the opportunity to do that since we were expecting them to like just make the announcement. Initially, 17 cities indicated interest. 11 did formally submit bids and five have been shortlisted for selection. What sort of things did the host cities need to have in terms of criteria for hosting Eurovision? The main criteria that they're looking for in a venue to host Eurovision for Italy is they wanted an international airport within 90 minutes of the city, at least 2,000 hotel rooms close to the arena, an audience capacity of at least eight to 10,000. And then in terms of space, they wanted it to be air-conditioned and have plenty of space for the broadcast production, the press center, delegations, artists and staff facilities, the dressing rooms, and then audience and hospitality spaces. As far as a timeline, the venue needed to be available exclusively for the six weeks before Eurovision and the two weeks during Eurovision. Okay. Yeah, so that sounds pretty standard for Mm -hmm. what they've been looking for the last several years in the contest. I'm guessing part of the delay is that they seem really spoiled for choice. The five cities that have been proposed, you've got Bologna, which has two venues, Milan has two venues, Pissarro, Rimini, and Turin, they all have viable options that's not like with portugal where it's, yeah it's going to be in lisbon but we'll do a bidding process anyway this is the first year in many where we have had many potential venues we had some discussion with with the netherlands but even that felt like it was probably going to be amsterdam or rotterdam mm-hmm. and then amsterdam's just like no we would really rather it not be us so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should talk about each individual city yeah is, is yeah we, we are currently in in thunderdome five cities have entered one will leave let's start with bologna bologna as you had said there have been two proposed venues it's also one of the wealthiest cities in italy and that so my geography is rusty on a good day mm-hmm. so i guess if i am looking at the boot that is italy where is bologna it's like where the hamstring of italy would be I, I don't know the finer points of Italian geography, but yeah, if you just picture it as a leg, it, it, it's like in the, in the hamstring part. So like in the back there, is this making any sense? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> As you mentioned, it's one of the wealthiest cities. They have a really solid mass transit network. It's also a UNESCO city of music that hosts several music and film festivals throughout the year, including the children's songwriting festival Zucchino de Oro, which we mentioned in our last episode. And in looking up all of these cities, one of the things that I was particularly interested in was what are the sister cities or twin cities for these different cities. I think that gives a really good point of comparison uh, for other cities that are of similar size, similar vibe, similar industry. Some of the cities that are twinned with Bologna are Portland, St. Louis, Zagreb, Croatia, and Valencia, Spain. Okay. So, yeah. Which, it's... personal question, which Portland? Portland, Oregon. Okay. Both of them have hipster vibes, so like it could have easily been either, but okay. Portlandia, Portland. Portlandia, so. Portland. Good to know. <laughs> Fred Armisen has been signed on to host Eurovision. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't joke oh. about that with me. <laughs> Mr. Naif <laughs> would, would not know what to do. Milan also has two venues proposed. Milan is the second most populous city in Italy, and it's a hub for the high-speed rail network in Italy. So like, you can get from Rome to Milan in about three hours on their high-speed rail line. I was, oh. I was reading about it this afternoon. It's like, ooh, this seems handy. That seems nice. Yeah, it, it's really a well-connected city. 
Nice. Yeah. And then as far as what it has, its pedigree as a host, it hosted the 2015 Expo, and it's going to be the host of the 2026 Winter Olympics. That takes a level of coordination and planning. And then, of course, they are the home of La Scala Opera House. Its sister cities are Chicago, hey, Tel Aviv, Melbourne, and uh, Toronto. And they used to be uh, twin cities with St. Petersburg, Russia. But once Russia was really adopting an anti-gay stance, uh, Milan's just like, nope, no thank you, and canceled that partnership. Milan says gay rights. So that's definitely in a point in their favor. Just a, a feather so. in their cap. <laughs> Moving on, we have Pizarro. Which the venue they're proposing, the Vitrifrigo Arena, is the fifth biggest arena in Italy. So that, that, that feels like it will definitely have the capacity that will be needed. They are home of the Rossini Opera Festival, uh, a big city for cycling. Their nearest airport is Bologna Marconi, and that's two and a half hours away. So Ooh. they must have had like, a very good bid book otherwise. Yeah, that does seem rather far away. But although maybe... Is that two and a half hours just by driving or maybe there's maybe the maybe there's a rail there a faster, situation. Yeah, that could be like a, a driving versus train situation that that sort of mitigates that. Their sister cities are Ljubljana, Slovenia, and then Rafa, Palestine. If you look from the sky where the boot hits the thigh, there's Rimini. So, <laughs> yes, I was very happy when I came up with that. It's on the Adriatic and it's right near San Marino. There is that connection there in case they want to form some sort of cooperation thing or set up some sort of day trip. <laughs> Valentina Mineta hosts the green room, you cowards. Oh, that would be amazing. And yeah, it's a seaside resort, a town. It's about 150,000 people. Uh, tourism is their main industry. Uh, lots of beaches. Their sister cities are Fort Lauderdale and Sochi. So like a beach city vibe. Yes, yes. Bologna Marconi Airport is also their closest airport, and that's two hours away. This one seems like the most outlier of the five bids the capacity thing not really sure about the venue and then the airport thing they definitely check the 2000 hotel rooms box just given their tourism vibe maybe italy's going for like a fun mill street vibe this year oh that could be yeah respectively this because mill street was also just real tiny uh, and then our final city is turin which speaking of the winter olympics they host the 2006 winter olympics they are the home of the Italian motor industry. The International Book Fair is also mid-May. I don't know if they typically book the venue, but they might find it's busy. Mm -hmm. And then as far as sister cities, Detroit, so auto industry, Salt Lake City, former Winter Olympics host, and Rotterdam. Oh, hey, they just hosted the Eurovision. And I think that might be something not in Turin's favor, just because well, we just had a city like Rotterdam, so maybe they want to go with something a little different. I don't know how much that factors into that part of the planning. Because ah. like it, it's not, I feel like that's something that's not really communicated through the television broadcast. But for all of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes and in the day to day of Eurovision, mm -hmm. if that is part of the consideration. I could see that, but one other thing that I had been checking before the show was to see who's booked and busy. So Milan has two venues. One of them, the Mediolanum Forum, is probably the preferred venue because it's a large indoor sports arena with seating capacity for 13,000 people. But it is already extensively booked out for April and May, and that would require a lot of rescheduling things like Eric Clapton and Dua Lipa and Francesco Gabbani. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, so big tours that may already have plans. Right. Which, again, you can reschedule things, but that's it's tricky. Whereas Turin has only a few things scheduled in early April. Oh, all right. So, like, they definitely have the capacity in terms of can they be available in April and May. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think they all have pros and cons. I, I can understand why there's a delay because, mm-hmm. they, like, like I said, they are spoiled for choice, but there are so many of these factors to consider. Which one do you think they may be leaning toward? For whatever reason, I just have Turin. For me, mm-hmm. that one seems like it has like a lot going for it right now. Milan is a great city for a lot of the arts, and that could be a great showcase city as well. On the other hand, Bologna. Those are the three, like, if I had to cut it down to three from these five, those would be the three just because in terms of infrastructure, in terms of venue size, in terms of being close to the airport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, Pissarro mm-hmm. and Rimini, like, I, I would be shocked, but delighted if those two were oh, yeah, I would, either I would, of those two Yeah, were I would be similarly chosen. delighted. And again, it, it could also just depend on what kind of Eurovision vibe are we going for in Italy this year? What is what is our vision for that? And if it's something more beachy and chill, Romini might be the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's also going to depend on are they going to look to do another scaled back Eurovision the way that this year's Eurovision was. In that case, you need the infrastructure, but you might not need Milan's level of infrastructure. Like you could get away with doing something in a much smaller venue. Even though there is the ideal size, that's also for ideal circumstances. But if we're in a like scenario B situation again, which I don't know. All signs point to yes, that that may be what's happening. (laughs) Do you want to have to start having strategic decisions about, okay, how do we set up camera angles so that we don't see how empty things are? Right. Yeah, it's... I'm really excited about this decision, but I really would like a decision so that yes. we can yes. <laughs> start the next plan, next stage of planning. But yeah, it, it, like I, I think they have all of the choices are good choices. Yes, I yeah, think, we, we so. are we are truly spoiled with wonderful choices, and hopefully we'll know soon. That's going to do it for this episode of the Eurowhat. Thanks for listening. The Eurowhat podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me and Mike McComb. That's me. You can follow the Eurowhat on Google Podcasts, CastBox, or the podcast app of your choice. If you'd like to support the show, we're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Eurowhat. Show notes are in the description of this episode and on our website at Eurowhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at Eurowhat on Twitter, or you can email Eurowhatpodcast at gmail.com. Next time on the Eurowhat... We'll be taking a closer look at a South American music festival with surprising Eurovision connections.